I always say, don't show me the red button you have on your app. I don't care. Sell me your vision. Where do you want to be? Get me excited. And then yeah. we will go deeper. Hello, and welcome to the Female Foundry 3.0 podcast. On this podcast, we share engaging and inspiring stories from female entrepreneurs, investors, and innovators that are shaping the Web 3.0 future. Tune in. Here is our host, investor, serial entrepreneur, and technology enthusiast, Agata Norica. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm speaking with Helena Torres, an advisor, an Android investor, a CEO, a former founder. The list is very long. Helena, I'm so excited to have you today on the show. Thank you so much, Agatha. I'm excited too. You've played so many roles in the startup ecosystem. The list doesn't end. Helena, obviously fill the gaps for me, but I would like you to give me your own introduction. Thank you so much. I'm very, very happy to be here. I started my professional life in the analogical world, very traditional. And from that, I jumped to the tech ecosystem. So half and half, uh, starting Small angel investing, really small. You don't have to be rich to invest. It can, I always say it's because of opportunity of a trip and everyone decides how much they spend on a trip. And I joined uh, as the entrepreneur team on this first investment. Then we raised a lot of money, like up to 30 million. While I was there, one of the founders left. I invested in them. I was on the board. We sold the company. And I started mentoring just at the beginning after my first raising the money because I realized I didn't know how to do it and I had to learn by mistake. So I wanted to avoid others to do the same mistake. I started mentoring these startups. I fall in love with them. I invested in them. I co-founded another startup. We raised money. We reached more than 200,000 users. We closed because it was not the right momentum. I also I confounded a, a group of women angels investors to invest on women entrepreneurs. During this time, I was also appointed as independent board director of, of a fan of funds. So I had the opportunity to see, you know, being entrepreneur, being angel investor myself and being fan of funds. So I had this 360 view of the ecosystem. Interesting. How do you think that your previous experience has helped you in Android investing? I've been in their shoes. Mm. So I always say I'm, I'm not the other part. I'm next to them. I always put my hashtag never alone anymore. So if I'm invest, you will never be alone anymore. You have my WhatsApp 24 seven. You can call me anytime. And the good thing is when they have a problem, it's not just about the fundraising, it's, it's about anything and not even critical, but day to day, anything, because I've been there. The second thing is being entrepreneur has gave me a lot of knowledge on the people, on the team, on the people you surround yourself. So when I'm investing, I'm also looking at that and I can identify the different types of founders and I can identify which founders I want to invest. I know yeah. if they will create a culture or, or if they not, if yeah. what is the ego they have, because I've been there. <laughs> and it's not the same when you are an investor and you meet people with ego. When you are there, you see it in another way. So I've been on their shoes, so never alone anymore. And that's really helpful. And the second is about the people. And I can help them with the people, but I can also understand where I want to invest because of the people. Yes, definitely, definitely resonates with me. Let's talk about your Andrew investments now. Uh, could you tell us more about your investment thesis and the process you use to evaluate uh, the potential investments? 
And one thing that I want to point out is that also 50% of your uh, portfolio is made out of female-founded startups. Do you still actively angel invest? I still small angel invest, so I am still doing small tickets, really, really small. But I'm also investing for uh, an angel investor that really wants to support women entrepreneurs. So we, I look for it, and he, his ticket size are bigger than mine. And I'm also supporting partner of Countstorm BC, which we invest in digital health. So in any case, we invest in pre-seed or seed stage. Mm-hmm. Really at the early beginning, that's really where we like it, where we would like to support the founders. So it's more financial investment with something else. It's not only the numbers. So I would never do an investment because someone says it's a good investment and not having met the team. For me, it's critical to meet the team to see if I can bring something to the table, not just money. It's really about 90% the team. Mm-hmm. Then it's key that there is a big, big, huge market and mm-hmm. that it's a fully scalable project. So we don't invest on non-digital companies or companies where the core is the product. If there is not a subscription related or something digital that can be scalable related, mm-hmm. but we are agnostic. So it's not about what they have today, but what they want to be tomorrow. I speak with the founders, early stage founders regularly, and one of the challenges that they face is that uh, they don't know many Android investors. How can startups find you? Yeah, social network. So I'm, and I go to the events. So people at the end contact me. I have received a lot of LinkedIn calls. What I've done now to be able not to miss anything, because at the end, when you have the email and they send you the deck and then you have the LinkedIn, you miss the message. So I've created a form where that is on my website that where you can fill with the project. So I know when I, I have answered someone or not, where everything gets more organized, so I don't miss anything. It, I'm reachable. I, I think any any business angel is quite reachable. I know exactly where I want to invest. So when I read, I say, okay, no, I try to say why no and, and why yes. No, because at the end, you know, we cannot meet with all the founders that uh, send the deck. Literally impossible. We don't have so many hours a day. But uh, at least we read everything or we try to. And that's why the form I have, it helps me to have everything organized. My advice would be for entrepreneurs, you have to, to outstand, to be different, to say something that takes our attention. So we say, okay, we want to, to have a meeting with you. I always say to the entrepreneurs I mentor or, or I have not yet invested with them. I say, okay, think that from every 100 decks we receive, we only meet with 35. Mm. And then from this 35, we go deeper with 10 and then we invest on one. So if we know that the aim, when you are having the first contact with an investor even if it's elevator pitch, you're sending the deck or whatever, it's not to have the investment. It's to go to the next screen, like yeah. again, no? Let, let's go to the next screen. So it's having a meeting. It's like a date. You meet yeah. one day on the disco and then you are having a dinner, the next one. So we want to have the dinner. Uh, and that's the yeah. point. So let's yeah. have a, a, a bigger meeting after the first meeting we have, no? 
Maybe one thing that I would throw in here would be make sure that you have answered the question before going any deeper. I always say, don't show me the red button you have on your app. I don't care. <laughs> yes. me your, sell me your vision. Where do you want to be? Get me excited. And then yeah. we will go deeper. Yeah. Yes. I would like to shift the gears a little bit. Helena, you have sat on so many boards. What makes a good startup board? Wow, that's a, a, a huge and good question. So first thing, we should differentiate the board for really early stages or later stages. I would even say when you are on seed precede stage, don't put a board, maybe more an advisory board. Then when you are growing, you need a board and investors will ask for the, that board position. I would suggest have independent board members as well as investors so you can balance the, de the debate. We have to think that boards, they have this supervision role, but at the end, the boards have to add value to the company, not be yeah. a cost center. So if you are working just to answer the board, something it's not working well. The, the board has to support you. And, and that's really the change of mindset. And for that, you have to know who you have on board. So when you are talking to an investor and they say, I would like to have a board position, think if you want this person to be on your board, because it will be a lot of years that you have this person there. And then how you plan your, your meetings. I mean, and what you will ask there, because if you think that your board is for control, you will go there and you will explain, I've done that, I've done that. And you will try to show up to sell yourself as that you are the great person. Then this bar is useless, mm -hmm. completely useless. But then if you think really this board can add value, you will go there. You will dedicate a 10% of the time to the past and you will dedicate the rest of the time to a little bit to the present for the crisis situation, for where do you need help? And then the most of the part of the board for the future of your company. And, and that's really when your board will add value. That's why having the combination of the investors and the independents will generate a rich discussion and a rich debate. And then you can ask for help. You can ask for help to the board. You don't have to just report. You can ask here, I need help. Can you help me debate on that? They are here, there to support you, to challenge you also, but also to support you. Mm -hmm. So that's really the change of mindset on when setting the board. And, and especially when you have this official board, make this combination between the investors and the independents. Mm -hmm. And so what changes at the later stage, let's say series B onwards? So the difference really, when you are at the beginning, you are defining who you are. You are defining your market. You have a lot of question marks. When you are growing, it's more about execution. You will still have question marks. I always say to the startups, the real challenge is not about getting 30K a month. The real challenge is having 3 million every month. That's a real challenge because the 30K, it's, yeah, I will not say it's easy, but it's relatively easy. Yeah. The real challenge is the growing, but with a path that it's already there. So the debates, the discussions are, are different. The first one are more strategic about what's the product market fit, what's the pricing. And on the other ones are growth questions that are more based 
on what's the next country we will tackle, we will open a subsidiary or we will do it from here, which kind of profiles are the key ones, how I will keep talented, how I grow without losing my culture, because it's not the same when you have a company with 10 people, when in one year you go from 30 to 120. And the board has to support you on that. Mm -hmm. It can be quite challenging for the startup founders, especially at the early stage, um, to manage the expectations and the dynamics on the board. Um, what would be your advice for them? So the first thing, for a board to work, there has to be trust. Mm -hmm. And for there to, to be trust, if you are limit for talking about business and you never have together where you can have a you know, common conversation, it will be really, really difficult that this flows and grows. So the first thing is try that always that there is a board meeting to put a lunch or a dinner before or after. So you can create a personal relationship and then you can create this trust. The second thing, what you are talking on the board, it's for growing. It's a productive debate, productive discussion. It's not about changing their mind. It's just about making it flow. So that this is very important. So create the trust, understand who you have under the table, understand their interest as well, because the independents will have one, but the, the investors will have another, and prepare the one-to-one -one conversations, anticipate, before so you can really really have a good debate when you are all together let's imagine there is someone on the board that is clearly underperforming how should you handle the situation as a founder if it's an independent person you are hiding this person so if you do it before so it's like saying okay i include you as a member of the board but all you could offer is over you have brought a lot of uh, things to the table and so but now we were looking for a, a different profile. You just can leave some hints that people say, okay, yeah, mm, all the questions are redirect to this person and never to me. So they are not needing me so much anymore. So people start to realize that. That's, so anticipate, generate equal expectations. Hmm, interesting. I would like to move to the topic of fundraising now. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you've observed over these years um, that founders make when raising capital? Okay, so first thing I would say, the problem is people go to look for money when they need the money. Mm -hmm. And when you need the money, it's the worst time to fundraise. So the first advice would be go to fundraise when you don't need the money, start creating the, a trust relationship. So I always say, if you meet someone and you say, I have this project, oh, you're fundraising. No, no, I just wanted to meet you uh, to see how it looks like. This is a space you are interested on. What is your ticket size? Do you invest uh, at what stage? Just to know I'm not fundraising, just wanted to, to get this connection. Then update this investor in a personalized way. So done send a mail team where we know that you have sent the same mail to everyone. No, it has to be personalized. So we met the other day and when you know an update me, you are building this trust relationship with the investor. And then, and then you go, oh, now we are raising money. Oh, let's talk. Because the investor will say, I know these guys. Uh, I know what they have done. I really like how they approach everything. So let's talk. Let's see. Maybe they invest or maybe not. 
but you have gained the trust. And for investing, especially in seed stage, where metrics you have, but they are so small, where team is the biggest part of it, trust is the biggest part of the team. So you have to trust this team. So it's about the relationship. So start before. The second thing is, if you do a plan, don't ask the money for that plan only. When you are seed stage or pre-seed stage, probably most of the times you will have to pivot or you will have to try another business model or you will have to try something. So if you ask the money for only plan A, if you fail, then you will be in the Death Valley. Mm. You know, yeah. I've renamed the Death Valley. I put another name to that, which I like more. And it's poverty. Because when you are in poverty, you are too small for the big ones and you are too big for the small ones and no one's understand you. So if you have asked only for the money for plan A, you will be out of money, but you will be already expensive because you have done one round. Mm. So you probably will be too small for the big ones because you have not proven your business model yet because it has failed your plan A. Yeah. But for the small ones, you will be already too expensive. And all, moreover, you will be there that you are failing. So why they should put you more money? So yeah. no one understands you. You are in the middle of nowhere. That's why I say that the Death Valley is now poverty. So my advice is not about asking the double of it or three times what you need because no one will give it to you, but put you some extra bags of money that allow you to pivot or to test other things. So until you find your right product market fit. Hmm. In the current economic situation, uh, I'm sure there will be many founders that will benefit from this advice. So just building on that, um, I'm sure you've been approached by many startups over the past uh, couple of weeks or, or months. Um, what would be your specific advice for the founders fundraising in these not perfect, let's say, fundraising conditions? Ask for money for 18 to 24 months, not for 12. So for a longer run, focus on making a sustainable business, which it doesn't mean a profitable business because we really want investors that you keep reinvesting and keep growing. I mean, make a plan where at some point if something happens, I think because we know from the last years that anything can happen, you will be able to cut costs and be sustainable and yeah. extend your life so that you don't die because you depend on the investment. That's really key. And that's what we are looking now as investors. We want to know that we are not the only ones making your company survive. We want to invest only in companies that our money is for growing, not for survival. And that is really important. So when you make the plan, show us that this money is just for making yourself bigger, but not for paying your salaries now. Think on the long run. Think also that the rounds will take longer. You will need more time to close a fundraise and then try to make a, a sustainable business, make your KPIs very, very attractive, be outstanding outside the others. You have to be different. We receive a lot of decks. Make yourself different. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much, Helena. It's been a great pleasure. How can founders contact you? The best way if you are fundraising or you want to, to start a relationship is I have a form on the website. Okay, perfect. I'm going to share the details in the description of the episode. Thank you so much, Helena. It's been a great, great pleasure. <laughs> Hopefully when you're next time in London, we are going to uh, get to meet finally in person. 
I will for sure. Thank you so much, Agatha. Congratulations for all the work you are doing, helping female entrepreneurs especially. Thank you so much and likewise. Do you know a female founder, a builder, or an investor with a great story to share? Get in touch at 3.0 at femalefoundry.co. Thanks for listening. 